0: Welcome to Sustainability in the Air, the world's first podcast dedicated to sustainable aviation. This show is brought to you by Simplifying, which has been helping build trust in travel for over a decade. Through in depth conversation with aviation leaders, Sustainability in the Air breaks through the current clutter and provides a clear roadmap for the future. It's about time we embarked on creating a net zero future for the industry together. This season of the podcast is brought to you by Carbon Click, leaders in managing carbon offsetting programs for top global airlines. Without further ado, here is your host, Shashank Nigam, CEO of Simplifying.
1: Our latest guest today is Mark. Hiller, Dr. Mark Hiller, I should say, who is the CEO of Recaro. Recaro is one of the leading seat manufacturers in the world. And some of you might be surprised because we usually have airline CEOs or technology CEOs on this podcast, but Mark is the first supplier CEO we've got, Um, and Recaro makes seats for some of the most successful uh, airlines in the world. Mark, Welcome to the show. And you've been CEO since 2005. Uh, Maybe give us an overview of your journey within the company and the changes you've seen then.
2: Mm-hmm. Shashank, uh, thank you very much for the invitation. Uh, it's, a, it's a great honor uh, to uh, join your show as a, as a seat supplier. Yes, I'm with the company with Ricaro aircraft seating since 2005. I have uh, begun my career with Ricaro 2003 in the holding company and then uh, more or less moved to the smaller business at this time, the aviation part aircraft seats in 2005. Huh? Uh, so far, it was a very exciting journey. First of all, I took over the role being in charge of customer-relevant topics like sales, program management, customer service. Then, uh, two years later, I got the opportunity to be promoted to the COO of the company, being charged, I would say, of the other portion of the business, production, quality, supply chain. And this gave me a great opportunity to really learn. And in 2012, I became uh, the CEO of Recaro Aircraft zehling so very exciting. Lots of things have changed huh? over the almost uh, two decades huh? in the industry as well as in our company.
1: Absolutely. And of course, there was aviation before the pandemic and aviation post-pandemic. Have you seen the business change significantly post-pandemic? What's new? What's different?
2: Okay, maybe, maybe I can uh, talk a little bit about our development as a company and also the impact from COVID and also what it does from our point of view to the, to the industry. When I joined Recover Aircraft Seeding, we had a revenue of 120 million. We had two sites, one in Germany, one in the US, uh, focusing on seeding. In 2019, before the pandemic, it was our record revenue, 700 million uh, revenue. Uh, we have grown more or less, uh, uh, more than 10%, uh, a CAGR of 10% uh, every year. Uh, We we have set up three other sites, uh, one in in China, one in Poland, one in South Africa. And uh, we have become the market leader for economy class seats. Uh, And uh, we also stepped into the business class life-led business. So it was really a tremendous growth 2020 and 2021 with covid It was a tremendous downturn. We lost more or less 65% of our revenue. And uh, for sure, all of our customers were suffering uh, in all of the regions. And I think this was also the first time that really a crisis affected the whole world Uh, in in the same or the similar way. At this time, we made up our mind, how will it change? Traveling on board the plane. Uh, we have set up several concepts, we had intensive discussion with all of the airlines, with more space, separators, antibacterial surfaces, stuff like this. It was a good discussion, was great really to consider and to do focus groups with the airlines. But in the end we said, in the end it's really about efficient and sustainable air travel. And uh, the industry has worked there for decades. Huh? How to make it more sustainable already? Huh? Having a better efficiency on the plane, having lower weight, and we said this will be really the this will stay as a major trend, huh? and it will continue. And uh, so so far there is not so much what has changed now. Huh? The business is coming back. Uh, the layouts on the planes are pretty similar. Um, sustainability got even more important and so the trends which have been there before have been maybe even a little bit more, I would say accelerated or or a little bit more important
1: Right, so that's very interesting that you mentioned how the business has changed post-pandemic and that your focus was on sustainability already Um, Now tell me, for the person who's unaware, I mean when I go on a plane, I don't really know whether it's a Recaro seat or not uh, I can't actually tell that, right? Do you typically make seats at the back of the plane for economy class passengers? Do you make those beautiful flat beds in business class or even those first class suites? Which kind of seats does Ricardo make for those who do not know?
2: So, so first of all maybe one, one hint huh, to figure out if it's a Recaro seat it's pretty easy huh? if you sit in it it's very comfortable it's a Recaro seat huh? <laughs> good one <laughs> no um, it, we, we are the market leader in, in the economy class uh, a seating business so more or less if you enter the plane go to the right huh? this is the area where we are the market leader just to give you an idea on a, on a 350 or a 787 our market share is somewhere between 50 to 60% in economy class so there is a high probability that you will fly off one of our seats on this type of uh, this type of planes. Um, so, uh, before the pandemic, uh, uh, sustainability was already important, uh, was, was, was very important, but a couple of things have changed. Huh? Uh, I can give you an example. We have done life cycle assessment where we have evaluated our environmental impact from our products. We did it already a decade ago. And there was, I would say, one result really sticking out very much that more or less 99% of the co2 emission and the environmental impact is generating during the usage period which means it's second which type of material we are using as long it's lightweight and as long as we can increase the efficiency of the plane maybe with the layout with more seats on the plane so which means we have decided already many years ago that lightweight design is one of our core competencies and we have invested a lot in lightweight seats. Interestingly, before the pandemic whenever the fuel price was low, the topic was gone. And this is different now, even uh, for sure when the fuel price is high, no doubt, but even if it's lower, uh, the airlines don't care anymore. They say we need to do something on the efficiency, on the CO2 footprint to really bring down uh, the impact or reduce the impact to the environment. And that's that's a great opportunity.
1: So that's interesting. I want to go back to a point you just mentioned, which is that you did a life cycle analysis, which reveal that over 90% of the carbon footprint is during flying. Tell me, what is life cycle analysis as it concerns a seat manufacturer like Recaro? What do you analyze? Is this done internally or externally? What are the conclusions typically? How often do you do these?
2: Mm-hmm. If you if you consider the different scopes huh, which are defined, it's more or less considering all of the scopes. Which means it's the material we are using, the material we are buying, uh, our manufacturing process we are using. It's even including the transportation, and for sure it's also using the the, the usage phase of the product. Huh? So it's really considering the whole life cycle of the product.
1: And does the team do this internally, or is this done by an external expert?
2: Uh, we have done it with an external expert or a consultant uh, the first time to to really set it up. And now we are also able to do it internally, such a lifecycle assessment.
1: Sure. Uh, now, of course, you mentioned lightweight seats is the main thing, but then materials is the other thing. And the last time we spoke, you, w- you mentioned e-leather. Uh, sounds really cool. What is e-leather?
2: Uh, e-leather is an artificial leather, more or less. Uh, it's a leather which has a similar, I would say, appearance and uh, similar behavior like like real leather, like natural leather, uh, but is can be lighter, uh, can be more durable, and also um, leather, I would say, uh, parts are used huh, to produce the e-leather. So uh, it's it's really one of one of the products helping to reduce weight and increasing durability.
1: Is it a bit like vegan leather bags that we might see in the shops, for example? Is it similar?
2: No, it's 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 really consisting of real leather, but leather, uh, small leather pieces which are more or less glued, glued on a on a on a, on a special material. Huh? And there is another uh, maybe advantage. Normally, if you have a natural leather, you have different, I would say, defects huh? like stitches or whatever which you need to cut off. And the, the e-leather is more a homogeneous material, so which means the scrap rate is even lower.
1: Interesting. So I'm, I'm guessing this is sort of, if you think IKEA, it's sort of hardwood is those wood pieces cobbled together. So that's, that's e-leather. So does, uh, does e-leather mean it's a more sustainable seat? Uh,
2: from, from all what we understood, it's, it's better. It's because it's lighter. And, and also from the production point of view, from the sustainability approach, what they are using to produce it, it's, it's better huh, than the natural leather. But you also need to distinguish between uh, leather, I would say, and fabric. Some airlines using fabric Mm -hmm. uh, can be even lighter. On the other hand, durability is lower. The cleaning cycles, you need to wash the 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 fabric uh, dress covers which is also adding a co2 footprint uh, the leather can be just if it's natural or if it's e-leather can be just clean by by wiping it by wiping it huh? so it's really uh, it needs to be con- different aspects need to be considered huh? to to really find the right approach yeah.
1: yeah many many years ago i was having lunch with an airline ceo who told me that he decided to choose leather seats at that time, I think ten years ago, because even though they were more more expensive to acquire, they were much easier to maintain and clean, perhaps to your point around washing washing cycles. What about plastics there's There's a lot of consumer awareness about single use plastics. Are there a lot of plastics being used in seat manufacturing, and is that something that you're looking to reduce as well
2: yeah plastics plastics are used uh, depending on the on a product we have around about twenty percent of plastics. Uh, of the weight of the product. Huh? The, the majority is aluminum, there's also even steel, then there's fa- fabric or leather, but uh, plastic makes up to, to 20%. And uh, for sure, the, the one thing is about uh, reducing reducing the usage of plastics. The other thing is really increasing the durability. How can the durability of plastic parts be be improved? One example we are doing for some of the seeds, nano-coating. Huh? For uh, products like a a bumper, which is on the end bay, which protects more or less the seat against the the luggage, uh, can be nano coated, uh, which means the durability is better and the appearance is is also in the long run uh, much more attractive.
1: That's uh that's very interesting. And all of this I'm guessing you're learning through your life cycle analysis.
2: Yes, yes. We are learning from the lifecycle analysis and we are also for sure learning from really workshops with with airlines, with suppliers, to, to really understand how the seed uh, behaves and uh, during the in-service phase. And it's also always our intention to extend the service life. Normally an airline is using the seed maybe in a first cycle for eight to ten years. And it's always our intention to be a partner for the airline over the life cycle so that they are able to upgrade the product and that they can extend the life cycle of the of the product. Huh? Because uh, for sure, recycling is always good, but it's even better huh, to give uh, the product an, a longer life cycle.
1: So you mentioned workshops with airlines. Is this something that you do when an airline buys the seed? When are these workshops held in? And- how often are they held? And most importantly, is sustainability increasingly a topic in these workshops?
2: Uh, yes, it's a topic. And uh, it is really for all of the airlines, all of the, from all of the regions, it's a topic. Uh, normally, we do it really when we are designing a new product, because there we have the, the best influence, I would say, huh, to, to, to increase uh, the sustainability and to re- consider all the different aspects. What we are doing, we are doing innovation workshops with the airlines really to exactly understand what they want to have, to show them what we are able to do. And uh, then we are starting to design our products. We have several review workshops during the course of the development. And then for sure, finally, we are able uh, to do the customizing of such products for the exact needs of the airlines.
1: That's very interesting that you do this hand-in-hand with the airlines. It's actually quite encouraging uh, rather than you doing this on your own. Uh, One of the products while researching for this interview I found quite fascinating was the Recaro plug-in table, which supposedly can save an airline a thousand tons of carbon emissions annually. Uh, I'm very curious, how was this product developed? Where is it deployed? And how can it save a thousand tons of carbon?
2: Yeah, that's our that's more or less our black in table concept, and uh, this is a concept we have developed because uh, if you if you monitor if you consider especially long range uh, short range flights or low cost carriers, um, there is no maybe there is no food. Huh? There is maybe no no need for a table. Um, and so we thought about why putting always a table on it if it cannot be used, if it will not be used, if it's not really creating a benefit. And we thought about uh, putting a multifunctional interface into the seat where more or less the airline can decide or the customer can book a uh, food or bring your own device uh, um, uh, module and then it can be plugged in. Then it would add weight, but it's really according to the need of the passenger and of the approach of the airline. And we have run a business case. It would reduce the weight uh, per aircraft by around about 60 kilogram. And uh, if you consider you have around about 50 aircraft, it's up to three, three tons. And uh, in the end, it, it would be a CO2 reduction for the fleet by more than a thousand tons of CO2. Huh?
1: Wow, that is very fascinating. So two questions. One, how was this developed? Did you develop this in partnership with an airline? And second, where is it being deployed right now?
0: Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. We we have developed it uh, during one of the, the innovation workshops. There have been hints or or, or uh, advices from, from different airlines. Uh, then we have further developed it on our own. And uh, now we are in discussion with several airlines. For sure, it's not just about the product, about the seat. Also, the service concept and the marketing needs to be adapted. And this is where what we are currently discussing.
1: So does it work like every single airline without tables on their seat backs? will have one or two or you know a, a few of these plug-in tables and passengers will be given this on demand.
2: Yes, you could book for example, if you would book food huh, they would put it in a trolley, the table with the food more or less and then they would plug it in for you. Huh? If nobody would book uh, food or, or something else, then there would be no no table uh, on on the plane and uh, this would definitely then save the, save the weight
1: okay that that makes sense now let's talk a little about passenger comfort right uh, and michael o'leary comes to mind you know about taking things away from the plane uh, from from an ultra low cost airline perspective but that of course has an you know a, a lighter aircraft typically has a inverse correlation with passenger comfort you know smaller seats thinner seats but how thin can seats go if passengers still want to fly in comfort. And I know some of these airlines, while typical flight length might be one and a half, two and a half hours, but there are some airlines that are flying four hours, five hours on these super thin seats. How do you balance comfort with reducing weight and very thin
2: seats? There, there I would give you an example from my point of view, really a perfect example. And we, we would need to go a little bit back in the, in the history of aircraft seats. So a decade ago, normally the seat back was a, a metal frame and with a with a metal plate on it huh? and because it was so rigid uh, there was the need to put a lot of foam on it to make it comfortable which means in the end the backrest was pretty thick huh? and was heavy and uh, one thing what we have introduced we have more or less changed the backrest design we have used an aluminum Uh, backrest uh, frame later on also a carbon fiber backrest frame and we just put a a netting or a mesh on it which means uh, on one side it's already comfortable even without foam and it's very very thin then we have put some additional foam on it to provide some additional comfort and then just the dress cover which means we have reduced the thickness of the backrest maybe we have cut it in half the thickness And we have increased the comfort and reduced the weight. So really bringing all the different aspects together. On top of it, we have uh, innovated the literature pocket. Because if you looked into it in the past, the literature pocket normally was in the critical shin clearance area, which doesn't make sense. To put the literature or any other stuff in the critical living space, critical area. So we have moved it up. In the space between, there was space left in the seat, more or less behind the table and the backrest. And this is also one of the patents from Recaro Aircraft Seating introducing the high-literature pocket, which means it completely changed the backrest shape. It's a slimline backrest, more comfortable, less weight and even more durable. I know it's very much in the detail, but I think it's really bringing all the things together more durable because normally foams are deteriorating. After three, four years, you need to replace the foam. Also the sustainability topic, if you just put a thin foam layer on it, you're just replacing really a small part over the years. So this really brings all the different aspects together.
1: That's very interesting. So what you're saying is that is the thinner seat is still more comfortable than those thick padded ones and more sustainable. And lighter. Yeah. And lighter. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, that's, that's fascinating. Now, let's talk, something you mentioned earlier is also higher density. We are seeing airlines squeeze in more seats in the plane. So, yes, per person carbon footprint goes down, but then passenger comfort, I'm not really sure if I want another elbow fight with my neighbor on who gets the armrest. How do you solve that?
0: Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. Yeah. F- first of all, these are the two. I would say two main levers. One is weight, and the other one is is the density or the, the layout efficiency, how we call it, uh, to 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 really drive sustainability on the plane. And I would like to add also one more aspect, which also I would say is is almost unique to to aviation. Due to retrofitting the seats, you can increase the efficiency or make the existing fleet more sustainable. Huh? It's not like with cars. To make the the fleet of cars more efficient, you need to replace it maybe with a new engine technology, the whole car. For aircraft, you can more or less increase efficiency and sustainability by doing a retrofit of the cabin, which is a smaller investment and uh, the impact is is immediately there. Uh, so this is something. Then on the uh, on the density, for sure, it's always a trade-off. Huh? In on one side, uh, to make the seat as slim as possible, and then a question: how much space you are using to add additional seats or to to provide more comfort uh, to the passenger? Huh?
1: And that's that's fascinating. The the weight is ultimately the key factor, and density matters as well. Um, One of the other things is we are used to, you know, buying stuff from the supermarket and they all come with recycling information. Right. I've never seen a tag on a seat which says here's how you recycle the seat. Recycling, of course, though, is important because airlines do get rid of seats. How are you uh, working with airlines to promote seat recycling and upcycling efforts?
2: So uh, recycling of seeds in general is possible. Uh, seeds can be pretty easy. It's pretty pretty easy to disassemble the seed huh? uh, to be, to put the different uh, materials and and uh, or use the different materials to to give it another life. We are also using already round about twenty uh, re- percent recycled materials for our seeds. So which means the aluminium or plastic parts there is already recycled material in. Um the the, the the one thing what needs to be considered, huh? Uh, flying the seed back, for example, from Asia to Germany to recycle wouldn't be a good concept, huh? So which means we we need to team up with local service providers for the recycling of the seeds. That's one one thing. This is where we are working on with the airlines if they are doing a retrofit to set up a recycling concept locally huh? so that it really makes sense. The other thing is we are also doing upcycling. Uh, I would say that's a that's a nice topic. Huh? Uh, we did it uh, together with an airline out of Asia. We have more or less uh, given them the leather from their leather dress covers, the, the material, the cutoffs back and they have uh, produced uh, merchandising articles for it. Huh? So I think that's also a nice thing. It's also a nice marketing campaign. Nevertheless, for sure, the, the, the best thing for Seeds is to give it an, another service life, to modify the Seeds, to further upgrade it and uh, to use it further.
1: I think the airline you're referring to is Peach uh, Aviation, a former, it's peach, is, is also a formal Simply flying uh, client. And I remember that they had uh, upcycled their seats into card cases, coin purses, um, you know, key holders, a lot of fun stuff uh, that people do as well. Are you seeing mm-hmm. a lot of airline customers coming to you and saying, hey, we want to do this and offer this to our customers?
0: Um
2: there yes, there there they, they are here and there requests I would say uh, for some of these areas but for sure mainly it, it goes down to to the to the dress cover the leather or the fabric huh Yeah so not so much to the to the structural parts for sure
1: What about um I think it was Lufthansa that recently had a big upcycling sale where they had uh, tables made of made out of engine cowlings and um and they had old air, aircraft parts recycled into like bar stools um uh, is that a trend do you, you you think it's coming or is you think it's just a one off niche uh, thing i i
2: i think it's great and for me being in the industry and being uh, i would say motivated and and amazed by the industry it's great but i would also consider that uh, the maturity of people huh they are not so fascinated about such such i would say upcycling products huh and uh, would put more or less a bar, which is made out of a um, former uh, aircraft part, <laughs> uh, into their living room. Huh?
1: Ex- exactly. I uh-huh. actually have two uh, former Air Canada 767 business class seats at home. Uh, which, which I managed okay. to get at an auction. So yes, I did participate in seat what? recycling as well.
2: We did the same at our side. We we have more or less uh, acquired a tail fin from a Boeing 707 huh? and put it up as a, I would say, sign wow. for being an aviation company at our headquarters here in Germany.
1: Wow, that's fantastic. I think the coolest one I've seen is um, at an executive's uh, office, I saw a wing, <laughs> part of a wing which was his table, okay. a fully polished aluminum ring. And I was like, wow, that is quite something. Uh, I, I think there, uh, you know, we can uh, geek out over this for a long time. Uh, but another interesting partnership uh, we researched into was the work you are doing with um, Panasonic, the in-flight entertainment company in shaping passenger experience together. Um, tell me, how are you working with the likes of Panasonic for uh, making... Uh, the cabin experience more sustainable
2: that's also a very great example and there i would also say a lot of progress is seen over the years so um, as i said when i joined the industry i can tell you how it worked Uh, we got an order from an airline for the seat an ife supplier got the order for the newest and latest and greatest ife system and the first time when we met was more or less at a kickoff And then we tried to figure out how to bring the two systems together. And you can imagine uh, the result was always great, but was not best best possible. Uh, Because there have been two systems developed more or less independent. And uh, over the last years, we have really uh, developed great relationship with IFE supplies, especially also with Panasonic. And uh, so we have more or less always aligned during the development of our latest and greatest uh, economy class long range seat, and uh, they on their new Astrova uh, IFE system, and in the end we were able really to to present uh, I would say an unbeatable combination of both, having really lightweight products which are 10 to 30 percent lighter than the successor the predecessor uh, model, having a perfect integration. We got also very good feedback on the integration that it's very sleek and uh, for sure also the Panasonic system what 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 I've learned for example it's also upgradable so they have different different bars uh, which can be upgraded to a next generation later on i think that's also in terms of sustainability a great thing that uh, the not the whole system needs to be replaced that parts of the system can be just upgraded huh? so and uh, so there we are really luckily working together with Panasonic and uh, hopefully the delivery of the, uh, of the combined product uh, soon.
1: That's, that's very interesting to see partnership in the ecosystem across. Uh, and yeah. you're right. Um, yeah. you know, I, I've been in some of these kickoff meetings where suppliers are meeting for the first time based on what the airline has purchased. Uh, it's, it's great to see this evolution. Uh, and how things are moving. Uh, At the beginning of the interview, you mentioned uh, how you have a German plant and a US facilities and South African facilities as an organization at Recaro. What are you doing uh, from a corporate perspective to reduce your overall uh, carbon footprint?
2: What what we are doing for sure um, we we are using renewable uh, electricity for example at at the sites. Um, what else? What have we done in terms of? And the, the the great thing is that I would say sustainability and efficiency goes very well together in many cases. Huh? And uh, what we have done, we have completely redone our manufacturing footprint uh, to a paperless production. And uh, this is, for example, it's it's saving uh, almost five million sheets of papers huh, per year, uh, which is more or less equal to to 40 trees, more than 40 trees per year, uh, but also provides additional uh, efficiency, and it's also improving the ergonomics uh, for the for the workers on the line. Huh? Uh, for sure, it's investment, but uh, as said, it really supports all the different directions. Then we have uh, also um, uh, invested uh, in, in in new equipments. Uh, for example, we are able to do uh, crash testing, phlegm lab uh, uh, phlegm lab testing internally in the meantime. We don't need to ship the seats around huh, uh, to get it tested. so the insourcing is helping there. And uh, in general, our foot, our, our global setup, is that we are in the region for the region, which means our site in in Fort Worth, um, Texas uh, is more or less uh, responsible for the North and South American market. Uh, our sites in Poland and uh, Germany for Europe and our site in Qingdao in China for, for Asia. So this is really also reducing transportation, transportation efforts Uh, from us to either the airline or to the OEM to install the seats.
1: That is very interesting. It almost reminds me of the local food uh, movement that is going on, you know, buy local and already the food is uh, fresher and more sustainable. Uh, That's that's great to know. Uh, Now, I know while most of your business is economy class seating and back of the plane, you do manufacture business class seats as well. And I had a previous guest, uh, Dan Root from ICCT, who said turning left is like driving a Hummer and turning right is driving a Prius. Uh, what's your stand? Can business class passengers ever make flying sustainable? Can business class flying ever be sustainable? <laughs>
2: uh, this reminds me about a dispute. I think it uh, was a year ago, maybe uh, between one of the Locust carrier CEO and one of the legacy carrier CEO. Uh, where more or less from the legacy carrier, the complaint was that the low-cost carriers are not sustainable because they are supporting flying everywhere and every day at a low price. And the low-cost carrier CEO more or less said, okay, but uh, we are having the most efficient fleet. Uh, we are not having business class with uh, using a, a big footprint and with a high weight. Uh, so we are the ones uh, driving the sustainability approach. And uh, I think uh, both both are somehow right. Huh? Uh, In the end, uh, for sure, we we feel, first of all, quite comfortable because we are the market leader in economy class and really striving and and, and pushing the sustainability topic very much. Nevertheless, in in business class, uh, we have developed one of the lightest business class seats with the best, also with the best efficiency in terms of layout, which means this is really bringing down uh, the um, environmental impact. Uh, if you consider the CO2 footprint per passenger. This is helping there, but nevertheless, for sure, the footprint you need to have for a business class seat is is higher than for an economy class seat. There is no doubt about it. I also would like to mention what, from my point of view, also being industry is really great, what KLM did with flying responsibly. And I think it's also up to us to to really uh, uh, review. If if it's necessary uh, to fly and and where where and how to fly, huh? and I can also say for me maybe it's just a little little small example, also considering my luggage. Huh? Normally, I'm traveling light, huh? but uh, for me, it's also important to okay, understand if it's really necessary to take everything on board huh? and to increase the weight. Because for me, it doesn't make sense that we're shaving out every gram out of a seat, and then I would put a big suitcase huh? uh, in, the, <clears throat> in the belly of the plane. Huh? So, so therefore, I think there is also something that can be done really by the passengers huh? to, to do it responsibly.
1: That's that's very good to know. I was going to ask you, what are you doing uh, yourself to fly responsibly Uh, as glad to know, you know, you're traveling light yourself. Um, What would your advice be to these sparring airline CEOs on sustainability? Uh, I don't think, firstly, they should be fighting. (laughs) I think each is doing something in their own right. But what would your advice be to an airline CEO?
2: from my point of view if you right now if you if you take more uh, global uh, picture on on sustainability right now i would say all the different industries they're trying to figure out what is the impact if is it two percent or 2.5 percent from aviation or what's the impact uh, i would say uh, it doesn't matter there is an impact and there's a lot of potential and it's about us really to tackle this potential and uh, to to reduce it and it's also great to see that on one side there are a lot of initiatives ongoing but there is still a lot of potential left What I said before, uh, retrofitting the existing fleet, doing an investment, but really increasing efficiency. This is possible. Uh, There is even more when you for sure talk about uh, the the engines, if you're talking about all the different routes and so on. There is a lot of potential left. And I think this is something we need to tackle and not to uh, think too much about it. If it's two or three percent from our industry, I think there is potential. We need to we need to take serious and we need to work on.
1: Fantastic. No, I I truly appreciate and I'm sure a lot of airline CEOs would appreciate that as well. Um, What do you think are many airlines getting wrong in their approach to sustainability?
2: It's always uh, difficult to judge uh, from nowadays in what they are doing wrong now, more or less. Huh? In the past, I think it's much more easy, for sure, uh, going back in the past and figuring out that it was wrong. Um, what I explained when we did the life cycle assessment more, uh, more or less a decade ago, it was very interesting. It created a lot of attraction because the fuel price was high. When the fuel price was low, the in- attention was gone. And uh, I think this was something which was not right. Huh? And therefore, I, I would say from a positive point of view, right now, the airlines and from all the regions are doing it really good and doing it right to focus on it regardless of the fuel price. Huh? And it's completely understood huh, that uh, that it needs to be tackled.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think that is truly encouraging uh, as well. I, I definitely see, see that trend. The final part of this interview, Mark, is a rapid fire round in which I'm going to ask you some questions and you have to come up with an answer very quickly in a very, very firm format. Um, and we'll, we'll start simple, you know, like what's your favorite movie, for example?
2: My favorite movie? Honestly, I don't have so much a favorite movie. I'm not watching that many movies. Huh? Normally, I'm I'm reading a book. Huh? And also on the plane, it maybe it maybe sounds very strange. Normally, I'm not using the IFE system that much. Huh?
1: <laughs> I'm sure Panasonic is not very happy about that. Uh, so let's <laughs> let's start with books. Let's start with books then. Uh, what's your favorite book? And if you have a favorite book on sustainability,
2: Yeah, that's uh, the, definitely there is there is one book. It's pretty also it's also going back quite a quite a while i read a book end of 90s huh? and it was already on sustainability and uh, it really catched my mind because it was called uh, factor four and it was called double wealth half consumption and uh, the great thing about this mm-hmm. book it was not about the restriction and just reducing it it was really i would say describing what is possible with efficiency with an efficiency revolution to get the factor four out of the resources we are using, or even better, just using half of the resources and getting more or less uh, the the double outcome. Uh, And and this really was, was from my point of view, really very, very innovative at this time already. And for sure, was also motivated really from the impact what we are doing on earth how we are using the resources that something needs to be changed huh? that is
1: very fascinating but very
2: positive that it's more or less in our hands to to do it and to turn it around
1: exactly double wealth and half uh, resources. Is resources yeah
2: half half consumption double wealth huh?
1: half consumption double wealth i'll definitely check it out i would not heard of that one what about your favorite green city
2: uh that's cape town Huh? So I, I really, I, I'm really impressed about Cape Town, for sure. It's also a city with a lot of challenges, uh, no doubt about it. But uh, what, what they are doing and how they are striving for, for sustainability, I think that's really great. And uh, for sure, it's also, it's also a fun city, huh? and there is a lot to do. And I'm uh, also joining normally, if, it, if it's possible, the Cape Town cycling tour. Uh, uh, it's also a nice tour around Cape Town, uh, where you can really enjoy enjoy the vicinity of cape town
1: that's fascinating is it only in cape town city or do you go all the way to Hout bay and further up
2: you you go more or less around it's 110 it's 110 k but it's it's all around there
1: oh yes it's it's a stunning uh, location one of my favorite cities as well and i was fascinated how the top of table mountain is its own microclimate and most a lot of the species there are not found uh, really anywhere
0: yeah,
2: and also the people living in 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 Cape Town are very, I would say, linked and close to nature, so that's that's really great.
1: Exactly, exactly. Do you have a controversial opinion on sustainability? Something the world typically would disagree with you on?
2: Maybe, maybe one thing, huh? Because uh, the high fuel prices, from my point of view, I think it's a big chance, and not not as Recaro doing lightweight seats, but I think if if ten years ten years down the road. Uh, And then looking back, uh, it could be maybe what we are having right now, energy crisis, high energy costs, high fuel prices. I think this could have been, looking back, the perfect, I would say, trigger uh, to turn things around and to accelerate things. But for sure, if I would tell you right now and if I would tell everybody, uh, so high fuel prices and high energy cost is really great. Huh? I guess this is uh, pretty controversial, huh? but I guess it's really it's, it's really an accelerator for what, what we are doing and what we need to do, do in the world. Huh?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think high fuel prices are an opportunity if you look at it the right way. Um, next question is what is something you still want to learn <laughs>
2: there, there are many things i want to learn i i just i just have uh the fear that there's not enough time huh? uh, honestly huh? so that's that's the challenge maybe i need to learn huh? how to make better use of the of the remaining time i have huh? <laughs> <laughs> so
1: what what is the one thing that you want to learn
2: it, there, there are really many things I want to learn. And I can tell you in my role, there is really a big pity uh, because you are uh, more or less uh, just uh, scratching the surface on many to- topics. Huh? And, uh, and, all of the topics also in our company if it's about engineering if it's about supply chain Uh, it's always great to to really understand and to to learn from the people who are who are really working on it Uh, what are the challenges what they are doing uh, but unfortunately uh, with the with the time constraint um, that's that's really the topic
1: fair enough fair enough Uh, and final question what is the best advice you've ever received
2: I would say that's an advice from my father. Huh? He always gave me already as a kid. He always said uh, there is nothing that cannot be improved. Okay, fair enough. And for sure, you need to, you need to, you need to think about if things, if it's, if it's, if it's needed or if it's beneficial to improve it. But more or less, really, there is, there is always uh, something. Uh, there, there is uh, always something, uh, something what can that's be improved. Fantastic,
1: huh? Mark. I think uh, this. You you are embodying this philosophy in what you're doing at Recaro. Constantly improving the seats, um, their weights, the materials being used, even density. Right, it's it's constant improvement over time, and and ultimately that not only helps reduce the weight, but also helps the sustainability um, focus of airlines these days. And it's truly fascinating to learn what a seat manufacturer can do in pushing. The drive towards sustainability um thank you very much uh, for your uh, for your answers is there anything else that we have not touched upon that you want to share
2: i think that's more or less it and thank you very much for your interest in our i would say microcosmos about seats uh, we, we are completely excited about it because from our point of view is really on one side it's a very technical product on the other side it's more or less the interface to the human being And uh, so this is something what is really fascinating us. And uh, thank you very much for your interest.
1: Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for the insights, Mark. Um, It was great having you on the show.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Sustainability in the Air, the world's first podcast dedicated to sustainable aviation. We hope you liked it and will share it with your network. Please also leave us a review. Awareness is the key to a green future. Your support will help our insights on sustainable aviation reach a wider audience. In addition, for every single listen of this podcast, we will plant a tree. And for every single review, we will plant 50 trees. You can also write to us at podcast at And for more content on sustainable aviation, please visit our website simplifying.com and join the movement.